Welcome to the Burnout to Blessed podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. Hello, hello. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that your week is going amazingly. And if it is, please send good vibes my way. (laughs) It is gray as can be over here in the Michigan area, and it's kind of driving me nuts. I remember when I was younger, I used to truly think that it didn't impact me, but I've learned now that I'm getting older that, yeah, it does. Seeing gray for six months at a time, waking up and it's dark out, you know, and then the next thing you know, it's also dark out, like five o'clock on. It's definitely a little rough, my friends. <laughs> oh, it's just a reminder that I need to figure out a way to make my way down to Florida and have a nice sunny week there and uh, hold on to that sunshine and bring it back with me. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I want to dive into today's topic pretty quickly, just so that you have the know-how if you want to continue listening to this episode or not. So typically, I talk about topics that are under the umbrella of self-development, burnout recovery, burnout prevention, how to find your happiness, aka how to find your purpose so that you can start living a happy, fulfilled life with your personal life and with your career. So that's typically the things that I talk about. And sometimes I will bring in my Christian faith when it's applicable and it falls under those umbrellas. This topic, however, it kind of falls under the self-development umbrella, but not completely. And therefore, I wanted to just throw it out there so that you can make the decision if you want to stay and listen. I think that even if you are not interested in listening to anything about faith, that I think you're going to have a lot of uh, aha moments just like I have. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up. Part of the reason, another reason I should say, is because Right now, we're living in a world that's truly divisive, and I'm sure all of you have felt it in some way, shape, or form, whereas before, you probably felt freely to talk about things that, you know, you valued, that you believed, and now, if it doesn't necessarily go along with what your friends and family think and believe it can cause a lot of tension, some hardship in the relationship, 
And most people are very apprehensive to truly have those conversations that once they were able to have without fear of potentially losing a friend or whatever it may be. So that's why I say that this does fall under self-development and it is applicable to each and every one of you, whether you're a Christian or not, Uh, because I'm going to be talking about this concept of love. Now, I stumbled upon this topic about a year ago. That's the third reason why I wanted to talk about this topic is due to the fact that over the last year, I have finally kind of come full circle and have had a lot of aha moments, a lot of realizations that I'm like, whoa, that is crazy. That actually makes sense. I never would have thought that, right? And and I feel like a lot of people may kind of relate to the journey that I went down and maybe some of the thoughts and feelings that I had on this particular subject. So I think it's really for everyone, whether you're a Christian or not, but I will be talking about it in context of the Christian faith. So wanted to throw that out there before we dive any further. Now, the reason why I came across this topic of love was about a year ago, I was going through a hard time for a number of reasons. One of them I've mentioned, or actually several of them I've already mentioned in passing on this podcast. So last year, throughout pretty much the entire year, uh, my kids, which were younger toddlers at the time, Amelia was anywhere from like five months to a year last year. And then uh, Addie was around two. So they were pretty young and they were getting sick nonstop. And last year around the September, October timeframe, they both got RSV and I have honestly never seen anything like it. It was absolutely awful. Uh, It started out with just like cold-like symptoms and I thought, oh gosh, like my Addison, my older one, she handles, you know, all of these different things like a pro. It's not going to be bad. Boy, was I wrong. We had an emergency room visit and my Amelia, that was I think seven months at the time, had to get on breathing treatments. It was pretty awful. 103 degree temperatures for like five days, uh, sleeping nonstop. My kids were super lethargic. It was like, it was torturous as a parent to have to see my kids go through that. And it felt like week in and week out, we were getting something different. Then we got COVID. And then also my little Amelia turned one last year. That was a stark reminder that I made the decision to get my tubes removed, and that was hard. I had come to peace with my decision, and I was okay with my decision, but once that year mark hit, it was like, whoa, it was this glaringly obvious decision that I had made that kind of came back to bite me, (laughs) and I've talked about this too. I didn't pray about that decision. I just logically went through the motions of, well, this makes sense. 
and probably should have prayed on it well in advance before ever getting it because, you know, it's definitely kind of been a little bit of an emotional roller coaster uh, due to that decision. But at the end of the day, all things happen for a reason. So I have since, again, been at peace and have moved on. But again, last year, it was just kind of like one thing after another. And not only that, I had a summit that I put on, a virtual summit that I put on, and I put my heart and soul into it. It was months of going back and forth of, should I do it? Should I not? Finally, I committed to it. And in the process of, should I, should I not even do it in the first place? You know, I really envisioned what it would look like. So once I got into it and into the work, things were not going as planned when I was actually at the planning phase. And then once it actually aired, again, things weren't going as planned. And so it was very difficult for my family and I on numerous accounts. So all of this kind of happened one right after another. And that's just how life is, my friends, right? It kind of feels that way. Like, oh, we've got one thing going wrong. Let's you know, be on the lookout because something's right around the corner. That's exactly what was happening with me. And so instead of doing what I typically would do, which is kind of just shut off all emotions and not really dive into why am I feeling the way I'm feeling, I decided to lean into my faith. Whereas once upon a time, when things would self-implode, or I would self-implode, or things were just going awry, I would shut things off, including my faith. Like, nope, I'm done. I'm not diving into this. I'm mad at God. I'm not doing it. But instead, what I did is, which is actually going to get a little bit into what we're going to talk about here uh, in the context of love, like true love, I had a conversation with God and I let him know I was not very happy. (laughs) Uh, And I told him off in a way, like, I am so mad that this happened, that this happened. I felt like I, you know, prayed about it and you blessed it. And then here it didn't go as planned. And, you know, I felt like you led me astray. All of those things, right? So, as I have grown in my faith, have realized that I can have those hard conversations with him. Um, and he's, you know, not going to turn away from me. Whereas earlier in my faith, um, you know, didn't want to make the big man upstairs mad, but at all. <laughs> so what I decided to do, it was one, there was one point in church where it talked about this, even if faith, even if things don't go my way, even if there are troubles, even if we feel like it's God's fault in some ways, I am still going to lean into my faith. So that's what I decided to do. And then that's when this topic of God loves you no matter what pop in to my atmosphere. And I decided to dig deep into it because Again, I had to like truly think, does God truly love me, right? And on an intellectual level, the answer was yes. Factually, I do believe that he does love me and that all things are working out for the greater good for me, even though I don't quite understand what's happening. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. But yes, I do. So 
once I came to that conclusion, that's when I had the hard conversations with God. But also, there was another stark reminder that although I felt logically, like I logically get that you love me with all your heart, Lord, right? No matter what I do, I didn't feel it. And I got to thinking and I'm like, why do I not actually feel that God loves me on an emotional level, on a spiritual level? I didn't get it. So like everything that I don't get, I decide you know, I'm going to dig into this. I'm going to try to figure out why I don't actually feel loved because I'm a feeler. For those of you that actually know me, this has always been kind of my downfall, which is sometimes I'm a little overly emotional. And into my adult years, into my professional years as an HR professional, I have learned to completely compartmentalize my emotions almost to the point where I don't feel them anymore. (laughs) It's not a good thing necessarily. It's really not a positive way to deal with grief, to deal with emotions, because a lot of times if you don't deal with them, they're going to stick with you and they're going to impact you whether you realize it or not. It wasn't until I was going through healing uh, from burnout that I truly figured that out. But I thought, well, maybe that's one of those reasons. Maybe it's because, you know, if you decide not to feel the bad things, then you're not feeling the good things either. So really, you're limiting the joy. You're limiting the happiness that you're feeling because you have decided to not feel anything. But not intentionally, right? You just don't want to feel the bad things. But with it comes not feeling anything is is what I meant by that. So I thought, well, maybe that's it. But another reminder around this time was I have several people in my life that have gone through hardships, quite a few hardships in their lives, whether it be growing up, whether it be in their adult years. And when I would have conversations with them about our faith or just what's going on in general, the conversations that I would have would center around I know that God loves me, meaning that was what they were saying to me. And you could feel, I mean, you it was palpable. You could feel that they truly felt loved and that they believed it with their heart and soul. And here I am on the inside being like, yeah, I don't feel it at all (laughs) on a factual level. I know it to be true. I do know it to be true mentally, right? Logically, I know it to be true, but I don't feel it. And that's when it just kept popping up for me. The more I was reading scripture and the more I would have conversations with people of faith around me. And I'm just like, well, clearly there's something going on with me. It's this famous saying, it's not you, it's me. So at that point, I think I was like, it's clearly me. I got to figure this out. So I decided to go down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out what is the deal with me having a hard time feeling loved by God. And I finally, over this last year, I have picked apart at it 
many times over because this theme of love has come back full circle time and time again, not only with God loving you no matter what, but with our number one commandment of you love God unconditionally, right? That's our number one commandment is for us to unconditionally love God no matter what. And then our second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor. So it's come back multiple times in regards to those three areas, God loving us, us loving God, and us loving our neighbor. So as I dove into looking at different parental relationships in my life, I I realized, okay, it makes sense why I have a hard time receiving love. I get that, right? Here's why I have grown into a people pleaser. Here is why, you know, I care what other people think, right? So I did discover more and more why I have a difficult time specifically with maybe feeling loved by others, right? But it still didn't, you know, explain everything. So the more I dove into this topic, I realized that when we think of love, automatically we think of it in terms of romance. And I'm in my 30s. I'm going to age myself. (laughs) I have many times before. So at this point, who cares? But growing up, Disney movies were 100% what people my age were into. And it all stemmed around love growing up. The princess gets the prince or in Cinderella, for example, she went to rags to riches and she got the prince, right? So there was always this fairy tale that love conquers all and that's true love, that you have one true love out there, right? And that is ultimately kind of what society has pushed into our music, into the movies that we watch, into the beauty industry, right? So it is all encompassing. We're kind of getting hit at it from many different angles, right? And truly, even if you haven't felt love before, like you've never been in love, for example, it's something that because the music out there is so beautifully and well done, and same with the movies, it shows you what those emotions could look like, right? So you feel hopeful, you feel excited for the opportunity to potentially meet, quote unquote, the one, right? And so you still have these high emotions when it comes to the idea of love. So it makes sense that your friends or your family, it just doesn't elicit that strong of an emotion. So it would make sense that it's difficult for us to actually feel, feel God's love. This epiphany came to me about a week and a half ago when I was sitting down with a friend of mine and she was telling me that her daughter, you know, is in this phase with her boyfriend that, you know, anything is possible. And I can recall just looking at her and her and I just cracking up 
when I said, oh, yeah, I know how that is. Love conquers all. And we just rolled our eyes and we laughed it up. And that's when it dawned on me. I'm like, wow, it's because society keeps this concept of love front and center and that it doesn't really focus on other types of love. You know, for example, different friendships and things of that nature. I have this song that I introduced to my daughter a few months ago, and I loved it because it reminded me of the love that I have for her and for my daughter, my other daughter, Amelia. And it's basically talks about home is whenever I'm with you. It's by Edward Sharp and the something. I don't even know, but it's called Home. You should look it up. It's an amazing song. (laughs) But anyways, I started listening to the lyrics the other day after I had this uh, epiphany that, oh, wow, well, that makes sense. That's part of the reason that it's difficult to actually feel that God loves you. And I started to listen to these lyrics and it was talking about all of these different things like, I love my mom. I love my dad. I love pumpkin pie. I love Jesus Christ, but not as much as you, aka it all goes back to that romantic love, even though it reminded me that home is whenever I'm with you, with my kids. And prior to being a parent, I don't think that I would have gotten it. And so many people are of the Christian faith and are not parents, right? So Some of you that fall into that boat, you may be having this, ah, that makes sense, you know, and then for others of you, maybe you are a parent and you're like, no, I get this God loving me because I have kids of my own. And at this point, my kids are toddlers. So there's nothing that my children (laughs) could do that would make me not love them. But I got to thinking about this because I'm like, yeah, I get how God loves us unconditionally because I love my kids unconditionally. And it's funny because I started to record this podcast about a week and a half ago when I had all of these aha moments and I was talking a little bit about my Amelia turning two and how much joy that she has brought into our lives and how goofy my three and a half year old is. And I started to get choked up literally because I was super emotional. And at that point, I'm like, wow, like I'm feeling I'm actually feeling it. I'm feeling the love. Uh, And of course, I feel the love with my kids. But I got to thinking about love more and in a different context, which is love In the Christian faith, people talk a lot about how love conquers fear. And I never figured it out. It was one of those sayings, and it's something that Pastor Rick Warren that I listened to, he talks a ton about. And it's, again, another concept that I really didn't get. (laughs) But then I started to think about love in the form of I love my kids and I love them no matter what. And then it dawned on me. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I look now at many different people that I know that do not have a loving relationship with their parents or they've had a very traumatic childhood and they don't necessarily have that love for 
their parents or the parents don't necessarily have that love for their kids. And it kind of dawned on me when I was watching Love is Blind. Yes, it's one of my guilty pleasures. I do like to watch stupid reality TV. And Bartis on the latest season, he said, yes, love is blind, but the world got in the way, right? I fell in love with Nancy, the girl on the show, <laughs> but the world destroyed it. And I was like, whoa, that is powerful. And I kind of thought, yeah, that's kind of an excuse, you know, at the time. But then I got to thinking about it in the context of loving your children, right? No matter what. And then this concept of love, it does not conquer all necessarily, that love is hard and that a lot can come in between you and the people that you love, right? And it was like, wow, I finally get this. If you love, it can conquer fear, right? And what I mean by that is that if you truly believe that someone is going to love you no matter what, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, even if it's horrible, horrific, right, then they are going to love you no matter what. Like you can tell them anything and they're still going to love you. Then you're not fearful. If you truly believe with all your heart and soul that you can do whatever and they're still going to love you, then you would not be fearful of them not loving you. You wouldn't be fearful that they're going to turn their back on you, right? So that's what that statement means, that love conquers fear. I never really got it. And that's why even as a parent, loving your child It's not as simple as I'm going to love you no matter what. You see it firsthand every day. If you were to just look around at your relationships, my guess would be that one or two of your friends uh, have difficulties with their parents. Maybe their parents no longer speak to them because of something that they did or they don't speak to their parents because of something that their parents did, whatever, right? So this concept that love should be easy, it it's very evident that it's not. Just like Bartice said, the world can easily get in the way. And recently I was reading scripture and I accidentally stumbled upon the chapters that I did. And then what was happening in every chapter, it was talking about the fact that our number one commandment is to love God. And the number two was to love your neighbor. And it was the later chapters of the New Testament. And and then it led right into Revelations. And I thought to myself, well, that's weird. Here we are talking about how, you know, it's imperative to love one another, right? And then we're going to just dive right into Revelations. I was like, that to me, it doesn't compute. I don't know how one led right into the other. And then I got a little heated the other week. And this is another aha moment of mine. I got a little heated the other week and I was realizing, wait a minute, 
the number one commandment of loving God and loving your neighbor, that is what he is calling us to do even in the most difficult of times. And then I got to thinking about what's going on with the world today and the fact that we're so divisive. It's not just here in the States. It's everywhere, right? If you have a opinion or if you value something or if you have a belief and it's not necessarily the same as someone else's, it can be turbulent dealing and navigating with that relationship. And you've seen it even uh, in, I think it was what, when Trump and Hillary, they were running against each other and then into the 2020 election. It was to the point where I know so many people that literally stopped being friends or stopped talking to family members because of each other's views. And I remember a time when it was actually kind of fun to have these debates of, well, this is what I think and this is what I think. And of course, debates can be spirited. People can get emotional. They can get passionate about what they believe in. But the underlying understanding that we all had was, hey, I'm going to try to prove my point. You're going to try to prove your point. But at the end of the day, that's all that it is, right? I mean, we're just talking. We're just debating. I'm not going to never speak to you again because you don't believe what I believe. So now we're in this culture where we feel very fearful to have a simple conversation with someone. It's almost like people are whispering in secret like, oh, this is what I think. This is what I think. Because if you say something that is counter to what your friends and family think, you've seen firsthand from the relationships that maybe you've had or that others that you know of have gone through. And it's it's hard to navigate and you don't want to have to go through, a, oh, I'm, a, I'm sorry, an apology tour when necessarily that's not what you believe. And that's when I realized like that is why it's going to be extremely difficult going into end times. I know you might think I'm crazy for talking end times, but I was at that point in the book, you know, the Bible, when it went from love, 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 like nonstop talking about loving your neighbor and loving God to you will be persecuted and end times uh, are going to be horrible and there will be backlash for you being a Christian and you're going to have to withstand the storm, right? And then that's when I was like, I don't get it. There's just this stark contrast. But that's when I finally had this aha moment that on its face, we think of love as this romantic thing. And then that's why sometimes it's difficult to actually feel the love that God has for us. And then additionally, loving God, right? And then loving your neighbor, sometimes it feels literal. So you get in these different situations, in life, right? You go through life and you have someone that's extremely rude when you're checking out at Target or someone that's giving you the bird because uh, you 
you know, took a left and you didn't put your blinker on, right? And then they have road rage and then you have road rage in turn, right? So there's all of these chain reactions that happen with complete strangers, right? And it's hard to show grace and kindness and love and respect for those people when they started it, right? (laughs) It's like, wait a minute, you started it. And it's hard not to be reactionary and to kind of want justice or to prove your point, right, of you're wrong and I'm right type of mentality. And it dawned on me that that is really what God is calling us to do, right? He is calling for us to be the bigger person. And those are just people that we don't even know. I mean, we're going into difficult times now where, you know, our children, if you're a parent, are being impacted by the things that are going on in our politics of today. And as a parent that is a Christian, you might feel like, oh my gosh, these people are horrible. I don't want my children to be exposed to, well, you like trucks, so you might be a boy, right? Like, I know that some of the things that you do, you know, is more on the boy side. So maybe you want to be a boy. Like, no, I, at my core, kind of feel like that is absolutely ridiculous. That is, I do not want my kids to be exposed to that. That's the only belief that I will share with you, by the way. (laughs) But that is an example of one side feeling like the other side is potentially evil when it comes to your kids, right? When it comes to your family. Because at the end of the day, When you do love your family, you're willing to do anything for them, right? So things can feel spirited. Things can feel, it doesn't necessarily feel like, oh, I need to show love here. It's like, I need to show that I'm right. I need to protect. So that is going to be, I think, the difficult thing for us as Christians moving forward is that on its face, as we go through the day of these you know, different people that upset us, that bother us, that come and try to hurt us, right? Think about the people in your life, right? That maybe betray you or that purposely try to hurt you or maybe it was on accident, right? And yet here we are called as Christians. We are called to still love even though we are being persecuted. We're called to still show kindness and respect and patience for those people. And that can feel like the most difficult thing to do. And that's why I'm not sure if I said this or not at the beginning of the podcast, but on its face, when you think of love, it's sunshine and it's rainbows. But when you get into the reality of love, it can almost feel impossible because we are going to face situations daily from strangers, from our friends and from our family, from our workplaces, from our kids' schools, whatever, you name it. It's coming at us from all different sides And we're not always going to be in agreement and there's going to be things that happen where you feel attacked, right? And it's going to be extremely difficult to show love. And two, when we're in those situations, 
it's not like that's the first thing we think about. It's not because I was telling my dad about this. I was like, I figured it out. I've had this aha moment that no matter what, I need to show love and respect. And he was like, you're just figuring that out. (laughs) And I was like, well, again, it comes back to this concept of love intellectually, factually. Yes, I get it. But when you're put into different situations that we are on a daily basis, that's not the first thought that comes to mind of, oh, I need to show love and respect and be kind and caring. I need to show these people compassion and I need to show people grace, no matter how horrible they are to me, right? And on its face, you don't necessarily think that. You're just in the moment and it doesn't compute that this is what I'm truly being called and tested to do. So that's where I tried to explain to him, like, yeah, on an intellectual level, I understand that that's what we are supposed to do. But when you're in the moment, that's not the first thought that's coming to my mind. And in fact, it's probably one of the last things that's coming to my mind. But now that I've had this aha moment, this epiphany, it's starting to get maybe middle of the pack. It's starting to definitely impact the way that I'm dealing with the daily decisions, situations, and just the way that I think things through, right? Uh, But again, it takes practice. And that's why on its face, love is like, oh, love conquers all, (laughs) right? But the reality is, it's much easier said than done. All of this got me thinking about the passage of 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verses 4 through 7. This is typically read at marriage ceremonies everywhere, right? This is so common. And although I do believe that it is calling for us to follow this, right, I think it's showing us that this is the example that we should lead and that God truly is love, right? So I'm going to read it to you. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. So I got to thinking because in many places in the Bible, it talks about that God is love. And as I mentioned, it's easy as a parent now to have more of an appreciation and an understanding that God loves me. But as you do, you look at real life, real world examples of that relationship not necessarily staying intact, right? And it just goes to show you how difficult love can truly be because as humans, we are naturally not the most patient of people, right? Love is kind, right? That means that we should be kind to others. It does not envy. I think that uh, as many of us do not actually deal with this being envious of others, but some of us do, right? This is a trait that 
all of humankind at some point or another deals with, right? It does not boast. It is not proud. You know, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And it records no wrongs. That, for me, truly kind of hit home because Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins. And they say that our sins are as far as from the east as the west. If you ask God, of course, to forgive your sins, right? So therefore, he records no wrongs. And that's hard for us to believe because as we go throughout life, we can always remember the wrongs that people have, you know, done to us throughout our life. Although we may have forgiven, that doesn't mean that we forget. And then it shows that he actually does not record our wrongdoings. And that's hard to comprehend, really. And that's why I think this concept of love, it's very difficult when you look more closely at it to comprehend because it calls for us to be courageous. It calls for us to have patience, right? It calls for us to be kind. It calls for us to be respectful. It calls for all of the things that in the moment might feel impossible, right? So at the end of the day, if you're struggling with the fact that God loves you, are actually feeling it like I do, then I want to bring one thing up to you that might help you with it. I think of it this way, that everyone has their own love language as to how they give love and how they receive love. And many people show their love through their actions. And God has shown his love through his actions for you if you were to just look at your life and look for it. If you look for how he has worked for you in your life, then you're going to see the love there. And it's going to show you the evidence that you need that, yes, God does really love you. And some people like to receive love through words of affirmation. And he does that throughout the Bible. He makes several promises to us and tells us how much he loves us over and over and over again. So those are two ways that God shows up for us. But it's one of those things that you have to look for it uh, in order to see it. So I pray that this episode has been helpful for you as you navigate the difficult days and the situations that you come across whether it be with your kids, your spouse, random strangers, the people that you work with, right? It's going to come up in so many different ways. And I hope that this episode has helped you <laughs> to think of it a little bit differently so that it's easier to show compassion, to be patient, and to be kind and empathetic and to show grace to those around you, even when everything in your gut is telling you to do the exact opposite. And I hope that for those of you that also kind of struggled with, oh my gosh, I don't feel it. I get it, but I don't feel that God loves me. I hope that this kind of showed you, well, there's many reasons for that. You're not alone. <laughs> and in order for you to feel the love, to maybe look at your life a little bit more closely, to see how he has 
worked positively in your life. And if you're looking for words of affirmations, just go to the Bible, Google words of affirmations, love in the Bible, and you will see so many. It's going to be insane. There's too many to count. So hopefully something will resonate with you so that you truly do feel the love. Okay. I hope that you have an exceptional day, a great week. This episode went way longer than I anticipated, but I hope that it was all worth your time. And if you are in a place where there is sunshine, please send it my way, friends. Okay. All right. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode, and I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coaching info at burnout, the number two blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember, Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends, and I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time.